and I feel like an intro, but this season two could have been done in one, but felt I needed two. The perfection of our conception projected through reflection that's connected is a blessing, and I need it too. Plus, I need a few moments just to speak to you about these individuals whose mission to deceiving you. Saying the achievable is just so unachievable, but that's only conceivable if you say and believe it's true. Protect the presence of essence with the aggression of a guard dog. Did you forget you was a god, y'all? Maybe you need someone believing you. But well, damn it, I believe in you. Not cause I'm expecting perception, I can see me and you. There's power in the questions and lessons is what I teach to you. Injecting my perspective, suggested, no, I don't preach to you. Rejecting that you less than forever, know that you equal to. But this really for my people though, cause evil grows inside of the kind of minds that are ego drove. So engulfed inside of they ride, they cannot see the road, they criticize your drive, apply, they won't even go. Cause fear and faith is the only thing in comparison. One requires courage, the other desires evidence. How can what was ever determined would never be? And then again, the devil is ignorance mixed with arrogance. But we are the conscious collective. And CC, so I hope you get the message. But we are the conscious collective. Or CC, so I hope you get the message. Welcome. Yeah. yeah, that feel good right there. But welcome. Thank you. Thank you. You are too kind. You are what they call too kind. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy Q. It's your man Q. It's your host Q. It's your brother Q. And we here doing what we do in season two. Because I do it for the kids. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here. You guys don't know this, but... I'm back again trying to re-record an episode that I already recorded. But what I do is I'm trying to make sure I give, I guess what I'm trying to give in each one of my stories, make sure I can give that understanding. And I know I talked for a little while, so you guys bear with me. Like I tell you guys, you guys can jump to the end of a lot of the episodes to really get to the point. But in these wisdom episodes for season two, or what I consider to be my understanding or perspective on wisdom for season two, what I'm doing is I'm trying to wrap everything together. I'm going to try to give you guys the answer in the beginning of the story, then just explain it. So this episode is going to be called Nature or Nurture. So I know this is a, a very popular argument where people say what has a bigger impact on whom you are as a person or who you are as a person. And I get it. I've talked to a few people. I've asked them, like, hey, nature or nurture, which one you think has the bigger impact? Everyone that I've asked has told me nurture has the biggest impact on who you are. I can see where you're coming from. I get it. You guys have some great points. And I do think nurture has a huge impact on who you are. In my opinion, I think it's reflective. So instead of just going through all my theories and stuff like this, how about I give you my answer now? I believe. The concept is you. So I believe that the answer is more complex than just nature or nurture. I think that the answer is in you. As I've told you guys, these perspectives and things that I have, all this stuff is going to be what it's going to be across the board. It's going to apply to everything. I didn't just say this shit and just sit down one day and say, oh, you are God. Oh, you're a hundred billion dollar diamond. You're the most important thing in the world. I didn't just come up with this one day. I see it. And I know that shit can sound crazy. <laughs> like this nigga think he see shit. It's just who I am. And it's how I see existence. I think there's a big difference from a person who can see it and what you choose to do with it. Similar to nature or nurture. And I can give you guys the definitions and I'll look it up too. So how about this? My answer. So for me, what I would call nature 
is like natural. What's of you. That's what I would call nature. What's of you. In science, I know they call it genetics. Through genetics, you get your hair color, you get your eye color, your height, all this stuff. They say that's nature. That's what they call nature in science. In religion, they may call it spirituality or they may call it a soul. They may call it, you know, something like that. I guess if you're like an atheist or something, you don't believe in anything. I don't know what you would call nature. Maybe it would be whoever you are. I, I don't know. So I can't speak for them. Now, nurture. Nurture would be more so, and this is just my way of explaining it. I'll look up the definitions and read that to you guys. But my way of explaining nurture would be what you're taught, what you're shown, and your experiences. So I would think that would be the holy trinity of what nurture is to a person. What you're taught, what you're shown, meaning like what you perceive, what you see in here. So what you're shown or what you perceive and your experiences. So what has the bigger impact on you is you. But it's the you that I believe. I believe that your essence is who you are. Like I tell people, I've had debates with people and arguments and all that good stuff. I believe who you choose to be is up to you because your conscious is as vast as the universe and it's constantly expanding because those are thoughts created. So all that consciousness supersedes your action. So when I say nature... That would be your conscious. And when I say nurture, that would be your actions. So if you choose naturally, you say, hey, I love you. You tell a person I love you. That's naturally how you feel. But if you don't show them you love them, you're not nurturing them in that love you feel. And I think that's why some people would be like, man, but I love this person so much. I don't understand why I do this. It's because you're not putting that love you have consciously in your actions to nurture them. So you can tell somebody anything you can feel anyway, but without showing it to someone, how would it be real in their existence? I told you guys in another episode, you can't tell somebody you want credit for something that you know is in your mind that you don't show them. So the difference between nature and nurture to me and what I see want you guys to remember that what I see, the only difference between nature and nurture, a you are. So that's my answer. Now, if you want to stick around for the fun part, let's talk about it. Let's see if I can break this stuff down to you. Do you guys want to want me to look up the definition? Let's look up the definition of nature and nurture. So I'm at nature. This is the Noun definition. Now, I'm getting this definition from the Oxford Dictionary. Now, I'm getting it off Google, but Google says Oxford, so it's Oxford. Got that, man? Which sound better? I got it off Google or Oxford. Come on, now. Come on, now. You know. So, the first definition of nature is the phenomena of a physical world collectively, including plants, animals, the landscape, and other features and products of the earth as opposed to humans or human creations. The second definition says the basic or inherent features of something, especially when seen as a characteristic of it. That's nature. Now let's look up nurture. So nurture, the first one is a verb definition. It says care for and encourage the growth or development of. <laughs> now my guy going to hit the end of that definition and I'm not even going to listen to his nonsense. <laughs> 
we from Chicago. It's some silly stuff. But anyway, somebody told me their definition when I asked them how did they view nurture? The way that they viewed it was in action. And I thought that was cold. And they used the word specifically to care for. That's what they said their definition of nurture was. I actually like that a lot. But even in his verb definition, it says care for and encourage the growth or development of the noun definition of nurture is the process of caring for and encouraging the growth or development of someone or something. I think that's interesting. So that's their definition. Nature is of you. It's who you are or what's passed down to you. Nurture. It can be what you do if you decide to be the one that gives the nurture or what you receive, like your experiences, what you see and hear and or what you're taught. That's nurture. So for me and the reason I already gave you guys my answer, the reason I feel the way I do is it's simply what I explain this show to be about. So imagery is very important to me because that's a part of nurture. And everybody I've ever spoken to about this has went with nurture is the thing. Nurture is the thing that has the greater impact on whom you are. And I don't think we have to fight. I don't think we have to even agree or disagree or some idea has to take the place of another one. I think it's just the beauty in sharing ideas. So I'm going to share mine, not to say someone's wrong, not to even say you're right. I'm saying this is my perspective on the question that has been asked for a very long time which I think the answer has already been given. And I think I've explained that answer in detail, but I can use things to show it. And if you don't think imagery is important to the nurture of whom you are, if nurture is your number one answer of what makes you who you are, why do they pay so much for advertisement on TV? If they know people are going to watch a show, why do they pay so much to advertise the show? Why is the Super Bowl the most expensive commercial to get because it's one of the most watched events of the year. So that means someone's paying a bunch of money to show you some, Hey, don't you want a, a drink? Don't you want this car? Don't you want to watch this movie? Because they believe, Hey, if enough people see it, they'll want to do it. So because you have the eyes on you, it's going to cost a lot to show somebody something. Cause the only thing you're doing is telling them you can't make them do it. So imagery is very important to me because your perception plays a part in your perspective. As I've already told you guys in season one, your conscious supersedes your action and your conscious thoughts. Your ideas are usually predicated on what you see here was taught something you saw and or heard and your experiences, something your experiences taught you or something you learned from your experiences. But it all came through perception first, what you see and what you hear. So for me, I go perception plays a huge part because it has something to do with your perspective, which can lead to your actions or what you do. But I also believe that your belief is also very important because if you believe something strong enough, that can lead to how you act. Also, another form of what you do. So you can get to actions and what you choose to do. You're either acting off belief or you're displaying actions from your perspective. So I was trying to think of a way like how can I express this to people and convey it to people in a way where I believe they can understand it. And I thought, okay, imagery, imagery. What can I use? So I start watching Lion King. Hey, 
Lion King, good ass movie. I don't give a fuck what you say. I ain't talking about the remake, even though it's straight. But that OG Lion King, oh, it was so much going on. That OG Lion King. If you guys only knew the way I watch movies, oh, it's like layered. It's so many different stories I'm watching at the same time. But I also saw a story that they were telling, and I was wondering how many people can pick up on it. But maybe it's just me being crazy. So I'm gonna tell you about it anyway, because you here. So what's up? We family. We the conscious collective. Oh yeah, and by the way, while we here, if you guys want to check me out, y'all know what it is. Um, hopefully, <laughs> y'all can go to my Instagram. I'm not there that much, but I got a new follower. Shouts out to my new follower. Appreciate you. But Instagram is TPQ underscore I I I. I'm not there a lot, but I can be. If you start sending stuff, I'll reply. I'm on my TikTok. I put stuff up on there most of the time. TikTok. You can search. There's power in the question. TikTok name is QMOED5. That's the at. Um, and then you guys can search YouTube. Give me some subscribers over there. I'm done with season. Am I? No, I'm almost done putting clips up of season one. If you don't want to listen to the whole episode and sitting, you know, you want to go to YouTube, check me out on YouTube. That's power in the question. Subscribe to the page. I appreciate it. You guys already know if you want to support the show, you can do that. You can do it through the link. It's something that says, support the show i believe on there it's a little click you can you know subscribe donate support the show all that good stuff i appreciate it and also paypal for the show is there's power in the q q is spelled q u e so back to the story i'm watching lion king and that shit has a lot going on and let me show you, this is what i think this is how funny and important i think imagery is this is how important i think imagery is and how much of a role it can play and I'm going to ask this in a question. I'm going to say this in a question form. How many of y'all believe the lion is the king of the jungle because of the lion king? Hmm. I, I really want to know, like, how many people believe the lion is the king of the jungle because lion king said so? I know that's what I was going through. Um, I don't I didn't like hyenas. I, I, I kind of still don't like hyenas. Because I watch animal documentaries a lot. I could tell you guys a lot of shit I learned about animals. I can watch animal documentaries all day. Right now, you, you guys know I told you when I do the episode, I have some in 4K playing in the background, right? Right now, I have animals playing in the background. Like, I love animals. The concepts, the patterns, the philosophy, the shit I can make up that I think they're thinking and listening to the people that narrate. If you get a good narrator on one of these animal documentaries... Oh, that shit is amazing. Oh, he is sitting there stalking his prey. I'd be like, God damn, he is, ain't he? They'd be like, he doesn't want to do this because he knows. Like, how the fuck you know? But you see how somebody can see something, create their own perspective, put it in a story, tell it to you, and you just believe it. Because the lion is the king of the jungle. Because the lion king told me. And you notice that they lion, right? They remind me... <laughs> I got this picture, this image on my phone that I've had for so many years, and it tickles me every time I see it. It's two of them, actually, and it's it's probably 10 years old now. And every time I go look at it, it still make me laugh. It's an image of a human next to a fence. And then there's a lion, like a full grown lion on his back legs and got his paws on the fence. And he's like towering over the human. But the caption says, he said, man, they trying to give me like, let me go through. I'm about to go get it. All right. So I'm at the picture. So on the picture, it say, 
bro, they trying to give me 15 a life. And the lion is on the fence towering over the human like, nigga, you lying. <laughs> that shit. <laughs> nigga, that shit's so funny to me. <laughs> I don't know why that tickles me so much. Man, bro, they trying to give me 15 a life. Nigga, you lying. And it's a lion. <laughs> My bad, y'all. I told y'all, every time I read this shit, that shit tickles the fuck out of me. It's also another one that's off topic. So it was a post, and it has a German Shepherd there. So he said, man, you know, dog spelled backwards is God. He said, let me find out the Lord is my shepherd. Nigga. <laughs> my bad, y'all. Oh, shit. That shit tickle the fuck out of me. Them two posts tickle the fuck out of me. Oh, I love it. I love it. Every time. Every time. Okay. So, let me get back to nature versus nurture. And I'm going to use the Lion King to show you. If you guys remember season one at the end of episode five, when I used the Wizard of Oz to show the same theory of knowledge itself and how it's in you, I'm doing it with Lion King. Just in case you was wondering what I was doing. So anyway, and the reason I'm doing it is because how many of us watch The Lion King, especially if you're in my age group. But I feel like when someone understands how to talk to you through imagery or your perception in a way to try to get you to act out certain patterns to change the reason why you exist, because they understand that's the way your actions work. That's the way you figure things out. Your perception plays a big part on it and all i gotta do is convince you to believe and i probably can get you to do what i want your perception your nurture your belief natural or your nature one can be shown to others your nurture can be shown to others your nature cannot it is just who you are and that's where belief come from in my opinion and you know what guys i actually wrote perspective this is actually the second time i'm trying to record this episode the way the energy i had when i wrote it was fire but me just reading it was not fire so this episode i decided to just talk about it, see what happened so if i am trying to manipulate the masses now mind you you could be like man q you finna get into a conspiracy theory call it what you want so on the lion king lion the king of the jungle that belief stayed with me for so very long I even watch all these animal documentaries where they express how the lion is the king of the jungle. And I think that's interesting. That's an interesting narrative to carry because it's all carried through belief. The only reason we even believe the lion is the king of the jungle is because somebody told us this. I've never talked to a lion and be like, hey, yo, lion, you running this shit? He be like, yeah, I run this shit. We never talk. The only reason I believe the lion is the king of the jungle is because I was told that. I watch documentaries all the time. A lion is not fucking with a hippopotamus. They get the fuck out the way when the hippos come through. Get your goof ass out here. They don't fuck with elephants. Do you know pound for pound a tiger versus a lion? That's a great fight. And I think 60% of the time the tiger is going to win, if not more. They're very comparable. What the lion has that the tiger doesn't have is the lion grows up in the pride. They say it's natural, but he's also nurtured to be what we deem as the king. 
but he grows up with a pride. So he grows up fighting his other cub brothers and cousins and sisters. So he grows up learning how to fight. He got back up. The tiger is usually by itself. You don't see a tiger in a pride. He do it by his lonely. And you know what? Sidebar. Another sidebar in all the other sidebars of me digressing. But I'm going to get to the main story. There was this, um, I don't know, test or psychological test or whatever. The question was, name three animals that you would want to be in order in which you would want to be them. My first animal I picked was a lion. Um, This is years ago, but my first animal I picked was a lion. My second animal I picked was an eagle. And my third animal I picked was a tiger. So after you pick the animals, the next part of the test, I forgot what it was, but the next part of the test says the first animal is who you want to be or wish you were. And I was thinking like, okay, I can see that be perceived as the king of the jungle. You know, I run shit, you know what I'm saying? Got all my little lioness. You know, if I got to get up, the air around me change. And then they said the second animal is who you wish you were. My second animal was an eagle. And I'm like, okay, let me see how I can connect that. I could see my connection to the eagle was certain pains and things I've been through and hard times I've been through, like we all do and we still go through from time to time. I looked at the eagle as a form of escape. Not only can he fly away and can go to a whole different place just by flapping its wings, it's also strong and fierce. An eagle will mess something up. And it was like, that's who you wish you were. I said, damn. I said, so what's going on with the third animal? I picked the tiger. The third animal, they said, that's who you actually are. And I'm thinking, I'm going, damn, that's crazy. I told you guys, I love animal documentaries. I love studying animals. I study a bunch of shit. Science, religions, animals. I love that shit. Stupid shit. I watch anime. <laughs> Certain cartoons. I, I love shit. I love information. I love stories a good story to me is amazing and i'm like they say i'm the tiger and when you look at the tiger characteristics in a sense of how i learned about the tiger is that they're strong by themselves and they'll do whatever they have to do to survive whether they have another tiger with them a pride or anything they're going to be them and i said dang i ain't like being put in that little box like you understood me or something you understood me more deeply than i understand myself i ain't appreciate none of that you feel me but the lion is the king of the jungle because we were told the lion is the king of the jungle yet there are things in the jungle that'll fuck that lion up like i've heard a speech this dude was saying why is the lion the king of the jungle he not the fastest he not the strongest it's because he believes like how do you know what the lion believes it sounds like you believe the story you were told so much that you believe it's fact now. Like even on the Lion King, the way they <laughs> so on the Lion King, Simba being born, all the animals coming up. You see the elephants, the zebras, everybody just the hippopotamus, the wildebeest. They come, they bowing to this little nigga. So Rafiki asked the mandrel, come grab the little lion cub and put him up. These motherfuckers bowing. They come to the birth of this little nigga like he Jesus or something. Don't lions eat you? You're going to come bow to your future predator because your predator had a child. Huh. I just find that interesting. I look at that as someone's talking to you in a place that you may not hear them. These are just things I've seen. I told you guys, I watch movies in multiple levels. I can break down Lion King so many different ways. 
but I'm not going to leave you here that long. So I'm just going to try to stay in one realm, even though you guys know I will digress. So anyway, on the Lion King, they come, they bow to him like he the Messiah being born, even though he eat him. So they come bow to the birth of Simba, your future predator, because your current predator had a baby. And I'll be one of the animals out there like, hey, bro, why the fuck we going to bow like he not going to grow up and kill us? And they're like, man, Mufasa the king. You got to go. Mufasa is the king. Animals don't have choreography like that. You never seen no shit like that in a while. I watch these documentaries. I ain't never seen no motherfucking zebra do no motherfucking choreography dance because a little little lion cub. I seen them kick the shit. I didn't see them kick the shit out of lions and lioness. Them motherfucking giraffes don't play that shit. Do you know how giraffes fight? Besides kick, they'll swing their whole motherfucking neck and head at your ass hard as a bitch. But on Lion King, the way they showed them to you, they telling you like, look, man, we come bow. And mind you, this I told you guys is going to be a little out there, but this is what I think. What if they're speaking to you through the imagery, especially when you're as a kid and you're developing? This is the time you're developing into the person or the God that you're going to be. But if I can get in there in your development age and get you to believe certain things in order to have you follow certain patterns to act out the ways I want you to, would you be following your nature or the nurture I help give to you. It becomes difficult to see that at that moment, in my opinion. But back to the Lion King. So Mufasa the King, I guess, right? That's why y'all all go bow to him in the cartoon. Mufasa the King, so y'all go bow to him, even though i never seen this shit in the wild. And in the same movie, they, Mufasa just the king. Now granted, you got James Earl Jones doing the voice, and this ain't no shot to him, R.I.E. to him, because he did an amazing thing. But I'm going to tell you who I think Mufasa actually represents. I think Mufasa represents the oppressor. And I'm going to go into detail and tell you guys why I feel that way. So Mufasa, he the king. But didn't his ass get jumped by the motherfucking wildebeest and didn't make it out? Think about it. This the jungle. I'm from the hood. The hood is like the jungle. This world is like the jungle, but sometimes people don't see it. But think of it as in the hood. God damn it. The jungle is the hood. And then they got stumped out by them wildebeest. But you the king, right? Them wildebeest came to your son's birth bowing like it was the coming of the new savior, even though he's about to be the new oppressor. That's what you're raising him to be. And these motherfucking animals bowing. Yeah, he the king. I think that's what the movie is speaking. Because if you're a lion, wouldn't it be your nature to eat these animals? And remember, you're killing and eating these other animals. You look a little different, but we all label you as animals, right? Y'all all live in the same jungle together, right? But this is your nature. This is who you're supposed to be as the lion. And everyone else that you kill and eat, they understand that and they come bow and accept their place as prey and your reign as king or predator. But I tell you this, though, they did a good job in the movie. When you think about it, James Earl Jones voice as Mufasa. Come on, man. Mufasa was talking that talk. Let's be real. Mufasa was talking. Tell me he wasn't. If you ain't watched Lion King in a minute, you should watch Lion King. Then listen to this episode. I'll get a fuck. Pause this shit. Go watch Lion King and come back and listen to this episode. I promise it's going to hit different because I just watched the shit yesterday. So Mufasa ass in that voice. Remember, this James Earl Jones, R.I.E. to him. He tells Simba, everything the sun touches is ours. I said, dang, I believed him. 
tell me you didn't believe him. If you watch that shit as a child, even as an adult, I'm sitting over here like, I still kind of believe this nigga. What he said, everything the sun touches is ours. I'm like, damn, you got all that? That's all you right there. They know better because you move faster. They know better. And the way he said it, I used to tell his people all the time. If somebody says something to you confidently enough, you'll believe in their competence. Their confidence can be so strong that it may come off to some as competence. But maybe their competence don't matter as long as you believe in it. Because no matter what they do, you still believe what you believe. Like Mufasa is the king of the jungle, yet he got his ass stumped out by them wildebeest. They saw your son there. They went like, oh shit, that's Mufasa's son. Everybody run around him. They could have just ran around that little nigga. Simba over there fighting for his fucking life. <laughs> Simba was like, I had to go say that. I had to go say that. <laughs> but yeah, Simba has got to survive. Mufasa come over there. Everybody and say, oh shit, it's the king. It's Mufasa. Everybody stop. Mufasa here. He run all this shit. The sun touched this. He run it. And you know kids ain't shit. <laughs> kids ain't shit. I told you your child was shit. He tell that motherfucker everything. He tell Simba ass. Everything the sun touches is ours. Simple first question is, so what about that shit the son don't, just like, uh, kids don't appreciate shit, because they don't understand, they just growing up, they just learning, they're developing, so you're watching Mufasa develop Simba, and help develop Simba, and lead Simba as his father, to become what he is, but Simba little ass going like, but what about the shit the son don't touch, what's that, (laughs) I like it though, it was another part, right after that, So Mufasa is talking to Simba and he was telling him about the delicate balance of everything and how you're supposed to have respect for everything. Now, mind you, remember, these are lions. Lions kill and eat their prey, except hyenas. I've watched documentaries where a lion ran over there and just broke a hyena neck and left him there to suffer. Didn't even eat. I said, them motherfuckers really don't like each other. I don't know if they saw Lion King and now they don't fuck with each other. Or if Lion King just saw that shit and said, damn, they don't fuck with each other. (laughs) I don't know what made what. I don't know what created that beef. But I wish I knew how to speak lion and hyena and find out why y'all don't fuck with each other this hard. But Mufasa, he represents the oppressor, in my opinion. He's explaining to his son the delicate balance of life. And how he has to respect everything in it. He said from like the leaping frog to the running antelope or something like that. And Simba, untainted by nature. Simba, naturally who he is, has things, questions. What I told you there's power in. You know the name of the show. Simba asked his father a question. Don't we eat the antelope? Mufasa say, yeah, we eat the antelope. But when we die, we become grass and the antelope eat the grass. So technically, they eat us, too. It's called the circle of life. (laughs) Think about that shit. I want you to really think about that shit. His justification for killing and eating the antelope that his son just asked him about after he just told his son something that sounds like a contradiction. Because Simba isn't tainted by the nurture of somebody telling him who he's supposed to be yet. He is actually himself at this time. So he asked a question. I thought it was a very important question. You're telling me to respect life, yet you kill and devour the antelope. This is what I've been taught. And this motherfucking Mufasa, 
And they cheated. They cheated by having James Earl Jones voice it because James Earl Jones just has that voice, that powerful ass voice. You believe James Earl Jones, but it's coming from Mufasa, who I believe represents the oppressor. And I'm going to wrap something up back to that in a little while. So James Earl Jones, his explanation is that because when I die, I become the grass. They eat the grass. So they eat us, too. It's the circle of life. Don't that shit sound just like an oppressor, but just like the predator to give its prey a story to justify why they killed them. Sound familiar? Like your predator giving you a story and calling it his story. But when they give it to you, they give it to you as something to believe in. No matter which form they give it to you, they can give it to you in multiple forms. They can call it his story. They can call it science. They can call it religion. But for some reason, when you believe in something so strongly and believe it so much that you believe it's a fact, you may forget the fact is it's still a story, just like the Lion King. But how many people believe the lion is the king of the jungle from the story of the Lion King? How many people believe the hyenas are the bad guys because of the Lion King? And imagine the message in this story that they're giving you outside of the story that they're giving you. The subliminal message being given to your subconscious. Because if I'm going to talk to you at a place, I have to talk to you at that place, still being able to talk to you surfacely. So I can give you a story of a lion, a cub, but what else am I telling you? This is what I mean when I say you can talk to somebody on multiple levels. And whichever level they're able to perceive themselves, in my opinion, that's the level where they're going to be able to understand what you're saying. And that's why I told you guys, I do this show on multiple levels. So that means not only can I do it, I can perceive it. Or at least I believe I can. You guys tell me what you think. So this episode is about nature or nurture. What has a greater impact on you? And this story in The Lion King where they tell you a story of nature because these are animals. They're in the jungle. That's nature. That's naturally what's created. But the characteristics that these animals were anthropomorphized with and their actions also tell a story of nurture. So this movie, I'm using it because it actually talks about and shows multiple things in this same movie that so many people have seen. The Lion King. It tells you the same story we've been arguing or not arguing that we debate that has been debated. So many schools and philosophers and so many people have a perspective on nature or nurture, but sometimes they can't see it in themselves or see how they are part of it. So I'm using this movie to show some of the things I see in it because I've already given you my answer and I'm going to try to wrap it up. So with the nurture of it, you have this little boy, Simba, and his journey. Now, granted, we ain't even going to get into the concept of Kimba, the albino lion. We're not going to get into that story and talk about the changes and how. But people seen the Lion King, so we're going to stay there. So let's talk about the nurture in the story, because the animals have characteristics. They have philosophies, mindsets. That's nurture when they give it to somebody else. Nurture is in the action, the experience. Now, when you look at the nurture of Simba, his nature was to be the predator, but he was nurtured by his prey. So what's more important, his nurture or his nature? Because he was nurtured by Timon and Pumbaa. Didn't their nurture turn him from a 
I usually eat your ass, ass lion, to uh, I just eat the bugs and shit from the tree. And no, don't fuck with them. They with me, ass lion. They even gave him a philosophy. Now, in my opinion, this is another side note. In my opinion, I also think Timon represents, Timon was the meerkat, right? Yeah, I think Timon represents atheism, the lack of belief of something that they can't see or know. I think Pumbaa represents science. I think if you look at it, remember they were sitting there laying on the ground and they're looking up at the stars and they're like, what do you think it is? Timon says they're fireflies. It's limited to what they can see. Them just a bunch of fireflies in the sky. Pumbaa said, I thought they was just a bunch of gas in the air and like stars and things like that, like burning gas in science in the atmosphere. That's what everything is. Everything is gas and things like that. Anyway, but besides them being that, they're also prey to the oppressor or the predator. But don't get me into that because then I take it another way. I told you I got different ways I look at this movie. So let's get back to what I'm talking about. If you look at Timon and Pumbaa, they even gave him a philosophy. And I know you know the philosophy. If you if you watch Lion King, you probably didn't even have to watch Lion King. I bet you know the philosophy. Akuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Now, I can't sing, but I'm going to do this for y'all. All right. I don't want to hear no judgment like this nigga singing. Hey, hey, we we are the conscious collect. But they gave him a philosophy. They gave some of a philosophy. Their potential predator is being nurtured by its natural prey. According to nature. So they give him the philosophy. Akuna Matata. It means no worries. And just in case you ain't heard the song. Okay, I'm going to sing it for you. Just in case. Because I'm, I'm saying it like everybody knows the song. So in Lion King, you should definitely watch the movie. And it'll make what I'm saying make so much more sense. But I'm going to sing it for you. <clears throat> Don't judge me. So Akuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Akuna Matata. Ain't no passing some shit. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's a problem-free philosophy. Akuna Matata. That's the philosophy of someone that views themselves as prey. Because you see how to prey view their existence through fear. Because that's how they see themselves. As prey. They've accepted that believed fact. Even Timon told Simba at one point, sometimes bad things just happen and there's nothing you can do about it. When you view yourself as prey, do you see that mindset? You feel so defeated without even fighting because you accept what fear has told you. So you view your existence, your world, your life and your worth through the lens of fear. So when you accept that mindset. What else can you do? There's nothing you can do about it. So nigga, Kuna Matata. Sometimes bad things happen and there's nothing you can do about it. But let me show you something that I wonder if you notice. They view themselves that way, yet they're predators to those bugs and shit that they was eating out the tree. Did we skip past that? The way that they look at themselves, I'm just prey. I'm just prey. And it's a Kuna Matata. And they still take that same philosophy and impose it on their prey. You're scared in a motherfucker that some predator may come hunt and eat and kill you, but you're doing the same thing. And that's what I call. I have this theory. I never talked about it on the show. I may go into it one day, but I have this theory where I talk about 
the oppressed are just broken, fragmented images of their oppressor, meaning they're going to perceive something on themselves because they perceive themselves to be oppressed, but they still act out the forms of oppression that are placed upon them. And for example, I can use the Lion King to show you what I mean. It's a point in the movie where Pumbaa sees this blue beetle. And when he sees it, he know he wants to eat it. He could have just grabbed it and ate it. But what did he do? He stalked it just like his predator does him. He wasn't even walking like himself. He's a warthog. He doesn't do this walk. But the only way he knows how to hunt is the way that he's been hunted. And the way that he has seen his loved ones or animals that look like him be hunted. So what did he do? He acted out the only way he knew a predator acts or behaves. So he starts stalking the blue beetle and he behind it walking like a lion. Creep up on it. He about to eat this blue beetle ass and not in a fun way. Soon as he do that, Nala right there in the bushes. While you were over there about to be a predator to a bug, you don't even see yourself as a predator. But you saw your predator and your eyes got big than a motherfucker. Ass got big as shit, didn't he? Oh, shit, nigga, it's a lion. This nigga take off. She on your ass. The same way you are acting, she's really doing that. She on your ass. Um, Puma ass gone. Puma gone. And when that motherfucker got stuck in the tree. Now, mind you, I'm sidestepping. I'm all over the place. I know this is going to be kind of a long episode, but I hope you guys rocking with me. So Puma, he running. Because now his predator is after him. He's scared. He has a lot of fear. He just wants to survive. So she on his ass, this lioness Nala. And right when he was at the point to get got and he was about to deal with the laws of nature. Simba comes. Simba comes and fights Nala to protect his perceived friends and may be his friends. But it's tough to know that, especially when you're on the outside looking in. And you're looking at it like, man, are they my friends because they care about me? Or do they act like my friends for me to be able to protect them from something like me? I've had to deal with that coming up. But people were cool with me like, yeah, man, it's cute. Boom, boom, boom. But are you my friend because you care about me? I'm going through poverty. I'm hungry. I'm lonely. Do you really care about me? Or is it, man, if we were cute and some stuff go down, we know he going to do something. But while he was about to get killed, Pumbaa was in Lion King. Pumbaa about to get killed. Simba jumps over and protects. He's fighting Nala. I just find that interesting that he's fighting his reflection. Nurture can play a big role, can't it? That's why I understand when people say, yeah, nurture, nurture. Nurture has a greater impact. But you know, it's funny. You know what I like about this part of the movie, too? It could be symbolism, but I just like it. I just think it's cute. You remember how when Simba and Nala were kids and they were fighting and then they would jump, he would try to pounce on her. He trying to pounce on her and she'd be like, pinned you. <laughs> he lost that. And then he tried to jump on her again. She got him again. Pinned you again. Now you lost both times. Now you an adult. She's finna kill Pumbaa. You come to fight. She pinned your ass again. Bow. Nigga, she ain't even tell you. She's finna bite your motherfucking jugular. And did you notice when they was fighting, how Timon was like, go for the jugular. Go for the jugular. He wanted you to kill her for his protection. He wanted you to kill your reflection for his protection. Now, I can oh, I can go deeply into that, but I'm going to try to stick to nature or nurture. 
You guys know, I told you, I see this, I see this movie in so many different ways. So, he realized it's Nala once she whoop his ass again. Bow, nigga. Play <laughs> that. Nigga, this Nala. I run this. I don't even understand why you really the king. You, you only the king because I want you to be. Hmm. You don't see that? Remember in season one? Perception through reflection. But due to the nurture of Timon and Pumbaa and Simba living with them, he decided to protect them. But doesn't that go against Simba's nature as a lion and as the son of Mufasa? Because nature says he's supposed to be the king. Nature says he's a predator. He eats you. Then you got the movie talking to you at the same time. Like, man, look what happened when the quote unquote rightful king or the rightful oppressor wasn't where he's supposed to be. Because remember, I told you, I think Mufasa represents oppression or the oppressor in this movie. Now, I'm not trying to ruin the movie for you. I'm saying the movie is talking in multiple ways. It's still a great movie. I'm just showing you the correlation I see with the question of nature or nurture, which has a greater impact on whom you are. And I've already given you my answer. But when the rightful king, the quote unquote rightful king wasn't where he's supposed to be, the jungle was off balance. So what made Simba the rightful king? Was it his nature? In science, they say it's genetics. So his genetics, it was handed down to him through blood because his daddy Mufasa was the king. But I find that interesting that it's his nature to be the king. But all that time he was with Timon and Pumbaa, he wasn't the king. Scar was the king. Simba didn't die because he wasn't the king. You ever seen Coming to America with Eddie Murphy? I renounce my throne. It's funny that James Earl Jones is the father in that also. And he's the voice of Mufasa. But that's neither here nor there. That's other stuff. Anyway, but he was the king naturally. For him not to be the king, it goes against his nature. But the nurture is what got him to act the way you've seen him act. And due to that nurture, when Nala comes back, he protected Timon and Pumbaa from Nala. He lost the fight, <laughs> but he at least protected his perceived friends. Now, in Lion King, he realized like, oh, it's Nala. This ass whooping is familiar. I ain't got my ass whooped like this since I was a kid by you. And they get so excited to see each other. That shit was a story of love, in my opinion. But they was trying to tell you something. And if you look at the bird, I forgot the bird name, but I think he represents the monarchy, Britain and stuff like that. But that, don't get me into all that. Then I'd be telling a whole different story. Nature and nurture. My bad. But why Nala and Simba, they're having such a good time. He sees his friend that he hasn't seen in so long. They've missed each other. She thought he was dead. And did you notice that in the movie, Timon gets real sad talking to Pumbaa. He's like, man, he doesn't even see it. I'm like, what don't he see, Timon? Timon was sad because his quote unquote friend, he can see that he was falling in love even before Simba saw it. And why do you think Timon was sad about that? This is the tough question. Do you think it was sad because he was looking at it as we're losing our friend? Or do you think he was sad because he was looking at it as we're losing our protector? Are those things mutually exclusive or was it a little bit of both? Because that's just something to be difficult to decide, especially when you know somebody gets a benefit from it. But anyway, but Simba wasn't the king, but he was still alive. And even after meeting his given other half, his given reflection, it took a crazy or a quote unquote crazy person, a mandrill named Rafiki to help him on his path. Remember when Rafiki ran up on Simba? One of the first things he told him is, you don't even know who you are. 
before he can even be the lion, the king he needed to be, he first needed to know who he was. Rafiki told the nigga at one point, he said, I'm crazy. You don't even know who you are. He said, I know one thing is that you are a baboon and I am not. I think that was very telling because when I talk to people about this, a lot of people call Rafiki a baboon. He's not a baboon. He's a mandrill. And I think that is interesting that he told Simba that because Simba seemed to have a lack of knowledge itself. And he was just trying to get him to see who he was. He wasn't going to make Simba. He didn't create Simba. He's not even telling Simba, I'm greater than you. He's just simply saying, you don't even know who you are and have the nerve to call me crazy. Because when you don't know who you are, somebody can tell you you are anything they decide to tell you. He told him, you a baboon and I am not. Now, if you know he's not a baboon, you go, that doesn't make sense. But to somebody who doesn't know who they are, they may go like, am I a baboon? But Simba want that law. Simba was looking like, I know I'm not a baboon. I know I'm a lion. I had a father tell me who I was. I had a mother tell me who I am. I may not know who I am right now, but I know at least one thing. I'm a lion. So Simba, not one to face the pain of his past. Does any of this sound familiar to you guys? I I hope you guys are seeing how this is all connected to everything I've been talking about. So Simba tells Rafiki, I'm telling you guys in the QA, my past is too painful. I don't want to face it. Rafiki hit that motherfucking head with a stick. Blah! Fuck your time. Simba, what the fuck you do that for? Rafiki said, it don't matter. It was in the past. (laughs) And I like the symbolism they give with Simba. Now, mind you, the story I think they're telling versus the story I'm seeing, like someone could be trying to tell you a story at a level where they're trying to get you to be manipulated and get you to follow a pattern and or believe something. But the beauty of telling a story is you can tell on yourself at the same time because the story is who you are. So even in a story, when Simba comes to the point where he's about to figure out that, yeah, I got to go back and save Pride Rock. I got to go in my rightful place as king after Rafiki said, let me show you yourself. And how did he show it to him, guys? With his reflection. What do I always talk about? (laughs) If you guys don't see, I'm Rafiki. If you guys haven't noticed this already, I'm Rafiki in this whole thing. (laughs) But. Now Simba, after he sees his reflection, he gets to be able to talk to his ancestors, which is his father, Mufasa. Tells him, you forgot yourself, so you forgot me. And then after he's about to get to, yeah, I got to be who I got to be. Rafiki walking over there to Simba. Simba over there feels like the winds are changing. Rafiki is like, yeah, change is good. And Simba says, I know what I have to do, but that means I'll have to face my past. Sounds like that pain I talk about, right? And I said, the only way to ascension is through that pain. I didn't say it was easy, but a lot of stuff that you may have been convinced is true. A lot of stuff you believe is true is actually not the case. And when you face it, it's still tough, but don't make it more tough than it actually is. So sometimes you need Rafiki to come over there and hit you upside your motherfucking head. Because I can tell you all I can tell you, but sometimes I got to hit you across your head with the stick. So Simba, like, I've been running away from my past so long. So Rafiki hit that motherfucker across his head with a stick. Blah! What the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> Simba said, what the fuck you do that for? <laughs> he said, it doesn't matter. It was in the past. He said, yeah, but it still hurt. Rafiki said, yes, yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it is, you could either run from it or learn from it. Then Rafiki swung that stick again. 
Simba Duck. He said, exactly. So you got it. It's always been in you. So I'm like Rafiki. What I try to do with this show, all my people that have forgot who they are and don't see it and need a little help. That doesn't mean you're less than. That doesn't make me better than. I'm just trying to show you something. I'm the crazy guy with the stick drawing on trees and shit. And I'm just using this story to do it. So do y'all see how I'm Rafiki? Y'all see it? Anyway, so we back to, damn, we've been talking for a while, but we'll see what happens. So in Lion King, we actually have good points on the story of nurture and nature within this movie. But I have a question. What if you as a person are being preyed upon, but in a place you can't see unless you are made aware of it? Remember when I said just like a predator to give their prey a story to justify why they killed them. They gave you a story they created, called it his story, but they gave it to you for you to believe. No matter the form, they gave it to you. Don't forget the fact that it's a story. So what if the proverbial they say, if I could tell you a story to get you to act the way I want you to act, just regular knowledge and say, I'll create more stories to get you to act the way I want you to act in order for it to be easier for me to prey on you. Seems like a smart predator. So in this Lion King story that we as kids love so much, if you in my age group, of course, they told us that the top predator is killing and eating people for a good reason. Think about it. It's called the circle of life. You ain't you, you ain't know that it's the circle of life. But yet in the same movie, they show you that same lion can survive off other things if it's willing to do it. But even in the movie, they tell you something else too. They tell you your own brother do you dirty if you shine too bright with that hating ass lion scar. Oh, scar is such a hating ass nigga. Scar. <laughs> they made scar the most hating motherfucker. You could ever, this nigga hated so bad because he couldn't whoop Mufasa. That's how they do in the jungle. To become the king, you got to win. You got to fight. You want to be the king? Deserve that shit. You want to lead this pride? Deserve that shit. Put them paws up. Fuck time. This nigga knew he couldn't win. Just like I told you guys. Someone that's defeated, if they survive, I don't think they're just going to sit there and say, well, I guess I'm going to just be defeated. I would assume they would find a way to fight in a realm they can for them to survive. And Scar hating ass came up with diabolical plans. He said, nigga, I'm going to kill you and your motherfucking son. God damn it. Fuck y'all. I don't give a fuck if we are family. And I get some of y'all like I got people like that in my family right now. I have a perspective on that. Okay. <laughs> now, this is a little out there. Just bear with me. Hear me out. Remember, I told you guys like how important imagery can play on who people are and the way that they act. And sometimes when you don't know who you are and experience and learn the world, the world will tell you who you are. What if because this is a kid's movie? What if they showed that part of Scar to get people to act like that? Now, I know that's a lot out there. I get I get it. Like, get the fuck out of here. That motherfucker act like that because he liked that. Fuck him. His mom ain't shit either. <laughs> <laughs> i get you i get you i'm not saying this is right or wrong it's just the idea but remember how important i told you imagery is to a developing mind or conscious because it can speak to people on so many different levels whether they see it or not 
But what if you got people in your family like that because they learn that behavior from watching Lion King subconsciously? Just like we learned that the lion was the king of the jungle from watching Lion King. And the hyena is the bad guy from watching Lion King. And I'm not saying it's true, but what if though? But anyway, anyway, let's get back to uh, what we were talking about, nature and nurture. I also don't think it makes sense for that type of mentality and behavior from Scar should have been his brother. I think that that tells a subliminal story that has you looking the wrong way to see where your enemy is, defend and or attack your enemy. Because you look within like, oh, yeah, it's probably my family, my friends, myself. I think that that personality, that mindset, that diabolical type of planning, I think that should have been the hyenas. Because nature says hyenas are the natural enemy of the lion. But they show you as Scar, his brother, on some Cain and Abel type shit. Jealousy is what caused your own brother to kill you. You don't see the correlation in these stories? Now, mind you, this is how I see shit. This is where I see it at. But I just think that's an interesting story to tell somebody because what it could possibly be telling them subconsciously. And I think those traits should have been in its natural enemy like the hyena but how do they show the natural enemy to the lion in the lion king they showed the hyenas is dumb weak and stupid now this is more like in my backdoor theory i have hey hey don't be childish if you heard that <laughs> but that's what I, i'll probably come up with a better name for it but i call it the backdoor theory and i'm gonna try to touch on it briefly because we've been here for a while i hope you guys rocking with me if you got listed to the episode and sections do it but i'm gonna wrap all this up so backdoor theory quickly is imagine somebody ringing your doorbell you go answer the door while they're talking to you about whatever the fuck they talking to you about they could be talking to you about hey you want to learn about jehovah they could be like man i got these vacuums i want to sell or some shit to you they could be talking to you, you want to buy something from our girl scouts or boy scout cookies or whatever the fuck but they're doing that to distract you while somebody's sneaking in through the back door of your house without you knowing it. So that's my backdoor theory. And it applies to so many different things. But I believe it can also be done subconsciously. Because what if they show Scar as the brother with those characteristic traits to speak to you subconsciously, to look the wrong way to find your enemy? So you looking in your family, your friends, yourself. In some cases, it's even yourself that are just hate if you shine too brightly. You start doing a good thing. You be like, man, I don't deserve this. You start hating on yourself. I don't deserve this. I got imposter syndrome. I shouldn't be in this position. Instead of looking at the enemy that nature has shown you to be. Or maybe the enemy that the nurture of your nature has shown you to be. It may have went unnoticed because they play dumb, weak, and stupid. But for them to be a natural enemy, they can't be all of them. They can't be all three of those things. They can't be dumb, weak and stupid because they wouldn't survive. So your natural enemy must be formidable to you in the same way to make up for what they lack. I'm going to say that again for you. Your natural enemy can't be dumb, weak and stupid. They can't be all three of them because they must be formidable to you in the same capacity to make up for what they lack. Because if they didn't, they wouldn't survive. And when you find out just like Scar, hey, I can't beat you in this way. I have to find another way to defeat you for my survival. Because no one that survived didn't do it without finding a way to adapt. So for them to be your enemy, they can't defeat you head up to survive. 
So they find a way to survive by making you their prey. But they do it in a way that you're unaware. That's what I call imagery. That's what I say is being done through this imagery. Now, again, this is just my opinion. But your enemy is very formidable through getting you to follow patterns. So they get you to follow patterns by the things they show you repeatedly. Remember I told you guys about words, you spell words. And when you repeat the same words over and over again, that would be like a incantation. Like you're putting a spell on someone. You're putting someone under a trance. You're hypnotizing someone. Like that was this clip. That was this clip. Um, I think I seen it on YouTube or TikTok. It, I seen it on one of the social medias. So the clip was a bunch of different newscasters where they were all saying the exact same story. And the interesting thing I found about it was in the story they were going, they're trying to push a narrative without checking the facts. This is becoming a great. What did they say? It was a something to their democracy. They say the sharing of bias and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same stories without checking facts first. And then it goes through a little realm where you see all these local news channels where they're all saying the exact same thing. They say it in the same similar cadence. Some people try to put their little own swag on it, but they're saying the exact same words. These are different local news. These are across different cities. All these things are saying the same thing. They're telling you exactly what they're doing while pointing a finger at somebody else. This is what I mean when I told you, even in a story where someone's trying to get you to believe something or get you to see something, they can tell on themselves if you're able to see through the propaganda. And I think the first thing is knowledge yourself. When you understand who you are and don't let the world tell you who you are, it's more difficult to trick you. So they told you in a movie. Look at your brother. Look at your family as the enemy. You better look out for. So you end up with less team. If a fight ever breaks out, divide and conquer. And then the ones that learn who they are from watching Lion King at that level, they reflect the behavior of Scar. And while the others see that behavior, they perpetuate the same fear of you got to look out for your family, your friends, the people that's closest to you. Because the few times that it did happen creates a fear that it may happen to everybody because you are sucked into the propaganda while your true enemy flies beneath your radar. Don't believe me? I can show you with the art of war. I can grab a few quotes from the art of war and show you what I mean. One quote from the art of war. The whole secret lies in confusing the enemy so that he cannot fathom our real intent. If he sends reinforcements everywhere, he will everywhere be weak. The supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. Bravery without forethought causes a man to fight blindly and desperately like a mad bull. See any correlations in what I said? How about this quote? The art of war is of vital importance to the state. It is a matter of life and death, a role either to safety or to ruin. Hence, it is a subject of inquiry which can on no account be neglected. Hmm. Life or death, vital importance, safety or ruins. It can't be neglected. 
Another quote from The Art of War. Fight the enemy where they aren't. That's the whole quote. Fight the enemy where they aren't. Give you another quote. Engage people with what they expect. It is what they are able to discern and confirms their projections. It settles them into predictable patterns of response, occupying their mind while you wait for the extraordinary moment that which they cannot anticipate. Hmm. Those were the quotes. So if the secret lies, interesting how that match, just like a lion. But if the secret lies on confusing the enemy so they won't know your real intent, doesn't that sound like what to me it sounds like? Your enemy telling you stories for you to believe they have a hidden message. If the art of war is vital, it's a matter of life and death. That sounds like predator and prey to me. But why would the predator need all these tricks? They already have everything they need to hunt and kill their prey. Sounds like the prey knowing that if they don't figure out a way to survive, the true predator will kill and eat us. So if anybody, the prey knows how important it is for the predator to believe their stories. It's a matter of life and death. So if you fight an enemy where they aren't, so you fight an enemy where they are not. How does that make sense? Like if I'm here, you're there for us to fight. I have to see you, right? But for you to fight me in a place I'm not. That means it has to be a place I can't see. That sounds consciously. So that means that you figured out a way to fight me where you know you don't have a disadvantage. You would only fight me in a place you have one. An advantage, that is, through confusion. So you figure out that the source of power of what I would call a God is through belief. And their weapon of choice to attack your belief is fear. Another thing you can't see. And then they use imageries and stories through your perception to get you to believe. So since the source of your power is in your belief and I can get some of that belief about you, I can make you powerless and make me powerful. And you can't see any of this if you're unaware. So remember when I told you guys in season one, I said, I don't think like you intelligent because, well, how much stuff I can remember? I read this book. I know this. I can tell you the amoebas that doesn't make you intelligent to me. I told you guys what I consider to be intelligent, your ability to discern information through your own consciousness. That's what I think creates intelligence. And depending on how highly or deeply you can do it can determine whether you're a genius or not. So if you can't discern information, you fall into the predictable patterns that the art of war was talking about. Think of it like this. If the predator knew exactly how the prey would move, don't you think it would be easier for the predator to kill and eat them with little to no fight from the prey? Because by the time they become aware, they're already unaware. But by the time they even become aware, it's too late because you're already on the ass with the other animals sitting there watching. Yeah, damn. They got Earl, y'all. Shit. They eating Earl ass out. This is not okay. I'm going to go ahead and go over here to this water hole before they eat me. Because if a predator, for them to be a predator, they already built with everything they need to hunt you. And me, what I do with my podcast is 
And when I talk to people, I'm just trying to help you have a fighting chance by at least trying to help you become aware. But you got the Lion King telling your ass like, look, the jungle going to be fucked up if the quote unquote right predator ain't eating and killing you. And I'm over here going, I don't believe your story. Fuck is you talking about? No, I, I don't believe you. No, man, it got to be the right predator. I got to kill and eat you. No, I'm all right. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe your story. I think the jungle going to be all right. Yeah, it's me. I think the jungle going to be cool. It was here before me. It's going to be here after me. And how much grass do you think you're going to become? Like Mufasa, like, oh, we eat them. But when we die, we become grass and they eat the grass. Like how much grass do you think your little lion body going to become to make up all the antelopes? And other shit and, and wildebeest and, and shit you didn't eat. And then you eat the kids. You know, you know, lions in the jungle, they eat the kids. They get the slowest and the weakest. You see any correlation? But they get the slowest and the weakest first. So they killing your kids. They killing your future. But want to tell you, you eat us too because we become grass. That little lion body ain't going to make that much grass. Like, really? Really? And didn't Scar eat Mufasa? Remember when he was singing to the skeleton? That's a lion head skeleton. Did y'all know that? So that part after Mufasa got killed and Scar was sitting there singing to that skeleton, that was a lion head skeleton. So they subliminally told you, or right in your face told you, Scar ate Mufasa after he died. That shit ain't come no grass to me. <laughs> God damn it. Think the jungle gonna be all right. If you ask me, jungle gonna be cool. But you also in this movie, you get to see the nurture story of Simba and how he was different from his nature because of his experience or nurture. So the people I ask seem to go with nurture has a greater impact on someone than their nature. And I get where they're coming from. But I think nature plays a part also. But from my definition of nature as your consciousness, yourself as part of creation. So my belief is more spiritual than just like genetics my nature is like of a more spiritual thing not religious but spiritual but i think whom you are still predicated on the choices you make you have the same options of all of creation fear or faith faith to believe in yourself or put your faith in a story you heard so i believe the nurturing of your nature plays a huge part in whom you are at a time you know, like when you're a little deity, you coming up, you learning and all that stuff. You got all that time to go through those trials and figure things out. But at some point, you got to start taking responsibility for your choices and become what I call a God. So you got decisions to make. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not even saying it won't be scary. I'm simply saying that I believe in you and that you're strong enough to handle it. Because you being able to hear my voice proves that you're strong enough to handle it so no matter the choice it's yours to make and what you choose to do is up to you so in the question nature or nurture which has a greater impact i get it but i'm looking at it like what's the difference so i think and i and you know what do me a favor if you're driving don't do it if you're listening to it or if you're somewhere and you can look at your phone, look at the title of the episode and I'm going to title it Nature or Nurture. And when I give you my final answer that I've given you already at the beginning, I want you to see this. The difference between nature and nurture. A. 
you are. So don't let your past bully your present into becoming your future. Because what they call pure is tampered with. The cure can't answer it. You're lost in a world looking for answers that's answerless. Look. Man, show finna change y'all. Spoon fed long enough, now it's game on. Flame on Johnny Storm with his napalm. Stay calm, yeah, strong, but it ain't on. Excuse me? But there's power in the question. You'll see that the power's in your essence. Confuse me? But I found it impressive. I constantly respond and found a reflection. Huh. It's also reflective. Now tell me what is info. Disregard, you don't know what your info. Start saying you a god playing limbo. That shit had you at odds with your kinfolk. You telling me it came from God cause I'm in rope. Forgive me, but it's hard to compress all this knowledge of self and astonishing in post to invoke. I'm a god that's within quotes. I've been dope and my conscience a big hoax. Accuse me if you think that I'm wrong when I speak with my boss, but this is his show. But this is his show. <laughs>